Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada, and today we're up to part six of my various installments of reproducing a wonderful sermon from Charles Spurgeon from 1858 called Christian Conversation. Today is the second to last installment. Tomorrow will be the end. Well, we held, we finished yesterday with Spurgeon speaking of the things we can say about our king's kingdom and the different types of his power. Today, Spurgeon speaks of the causes which will make the Christian talk of the glory of Christ's kingdom and his power. There will be one more part after this. The next words you hear will be Spurgeon's from Christian Conversation, a sermon number 2695, delivered at the Metropolitan Tabernacle in Newington on a Lord's Day evening in the autumn of 1858. One cause is that it is the kingdom of their own king. We do not expect French people to talk much about the victories of the English, And I suppose there is no Russian who would pay very many compliments to the prowess of our arms, but they will all talk about their own monarchs. Well, that is the reason that a Christian should speak of the glory of his master's kingdom and tell of his power, because it is the kingdom of his own king. Jesus Christ may or may not be another man's king, but certainly he's mine. He is the monarch to whom I yield absolute submission. I am no longer an alien and a stranger, but I am one of his subjects, and I will talk concerning him because he is my king. Secondly, the Christian must talk of the king's victories, because all those victories were won for him. He recollects that his master never fought a battle for himself, never slew an enemy for himself. He slew them all for his people. And if for me, a poor abject worm, my Savior did this, shall I not talk of the glory of his kingdom when he won all that glory for me? Will I not speak of his power when all that power was exercised for me? It was all for me. When he died, he died for me. When he suffered, he suffered for me. When he led captivity captive, he did it for me. Therefore, I must and will speak of his dear name. I cannot help testifying to the glory of his grace in whatever company I may be. Again, the Christian must talk of it because he himself has had a good share in fighting some of the battles. You know how old soldiers will shoulder their crutch and tell how fields were won. The soldier home from the Crimea, when he reads the accounts of the war, says, ah, I know that trench. I worked in it myself. I know the Redan. I was one of the men who attacked it. He is interested because he had a share in the battle. 
Quorum pars magna fui, which means in which I played a great part, said the old soldier in the days of Virgil. So we, if we have had part in the battle, we like to talk concerning it. And beloved, it is this which makes our battles dear to us. We help to fight them. Though there was one battle which our great captain fought alone, and of the people there were none with him, yet in other victories he has permitted his people to help crush the dragon's head. Recollect that you have been a soldier in the army of the Lord, and that in the last day, when he gives away the medals in heaven, you will have one. When he gives away the crowns, you will have one. We can talk about the battles, for we were in them. We can speak of the victories, for we helped win them. It is to our own praise as well as the master's when we talk of his wondrous acts. But the best reason why the Christian should talk of his master is this. If he has Christ in his heart, the truth must come out. He cannot help it. The best reason in all the world is this woman's reason who said she should do it because she would do it. So often it, it happens that the Christian cannot give us much reason why he must talk about his Savior except that he can't help it. And he will not try to help it. It is in him. And it must come out. If God has put a fire inside a man's heart, do you think it can be kept down? If we have grace in our souls, will it never come out in conversation? God does not put his candles in lanterns through which they can't be seen, but he sets them on candlesticks. He does not build his cities in the valleys but he puts them on hills so they cannot be hid. So he will not allow his grace to be concealed. A Christian man cannot help being discovered. None of you ever knew a secret believer, a secret Christian. Oh, you may say, I am sure I have known such a man. But look, you, he could not have been a secret believer if you knew him. He could not be wholly secret. The fact that you knew him proves he could not have been a secret Christian. If a man says that nobody knows a thing, and yet he knows it, he contradicts himself. You cannot, then, know a secret believer, and you never will. There may be, indeed, some who are secret for a time, but they always have to come out. Like Joseph of Arimathea, when he went and begged for the body of Jesus. Uh, there are some of you sitting in your pews who fancy I shall never discover you, but I shall see you in the vestry by and by. Some of you keep on coming Sunday after Sunday, and then you say, well, I must go soon and make a profession of faith. Yes, you will not be able to sit there for long if you have the grace of God in you. You will be obliged to come out and put on the Lord Jesus Christ by being baptized in his name. Why not do so without further delay? 
if you love your Lord's name, come out at once and own it. Well, this has been part six of Spurgeon's wonderful and convicting sermon called Christian Conversation. I hope you have an opportunity to speak of Christ today in some way. And don't let it go by happenstance. Before you begin your day, pray for that opportunity. Pray for the Spirit to give you that opportunity to enter in a conversation about our King or our, His kingdom or the battles He won or the battles we helped win. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and we'll finish up tomorrow.